Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Martin Courtney of Real Estate um, and we talk about the new record um, and we talk about plans with real estate. But most importantly, we talk about Martin's creative journey to date uh, and we discuss some wonderful records. If you're, uh, if you're into your lo-fi, um, you're in for a treat today because um, we discuss some wonderful bands. Um, before we get on with this episode, oh, I'll tell you what. If it's your first time listening to this podcast, um, welcome. Uh, and I should say that we're nearly sort of 400 episodes into this podcast now. So once you've listened to my chat with Martin, um, go and explore the back catalogue because you can hear me chatting to the likes of, oh, blimey, um, artists as diverse as um, Butch Vig, um, Foo Fighters, um, Idols, Sleaford Mods, um, Suede, uh, gosh, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, um, lots of, um, of your favorite comedians and actors, um, David Duchovny, um, that was, that was bananas. How did that happen? Um, yeah, so many, um, great episodes to be explored. So go check out the back catalog when you've listened to today's episode. Um, some thank yous as well. Biggest thanks always go to you lovely listeners for, for just being kind and supporting this podcast and, and pressing play and telling your friends and, uh, and you know, liking it on the socials and dropping me little messages and stuff. It's really, really lovely of you. And uh, so big thanks. Uh, thank you to Scroobius Pip, everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Um, thank you to 76 uh, for producing this. Thanks to everybody at uh, Martin's Label for helping put this, um, this, this chat together and many other chats with artists from the, from the label as well. Uh, so, so, so huge thanks there. Um, also, if you'd like to support the podcast uh, alongside all the, the, the 400 free episodes you can get, there's um, an opportunity to, to support it uh, via Patreon. Uh, and that Patreon will give you access to hundreds of radio shows I've put together where you can listen to records. You can get access to all the, the, the guest playlists and, and, and go and check out all of that. You can watch um, pretty much all the the episodes. Um, the videos are all uploaded onto Patreon and it'll cost you $1 a month. Um, and essentially that $1 goes in the pot to, to pay for production and, and yeah, just the, the little costs that, that get thrown into uh, putting this together. So um, you can find out about every single thing you need to know about the podcast and the social media and the Patreon at the website, which is off the beat and not beaten beat and track podcast.com. Anyway, 
Please enjoy today's episode of Off the Beaten Track podcast with Martin Courtney of Real Estate. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beaten Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we are recording. Martin, how are you? To- well, I'll say how are you today. We just had a, a conversation and you've told me that, uh, that the pandemic has got you and, uh, and, and, and you, you currently hold up with, with, with COVID. Um, is it the first time you've had it? Yeah, it is. I, I, was, I was like uh, entertaining notions that maybe I was immune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. Somehow I didn't get it. You know, I, I read some article that like it's possible like some people could be immune to yeah. it. I'm like, me. Nee. But I, yeah, although, you know, I also thought maybe uh, back in like February of 2020, I was, uh, real estate was about to put a record out. And so me and Alex, the bass player, did like a press tour of Europe. Uh, We were in like a bunch of different cities in like a few days. And then I came home and two weeks later, I felt really sick. Um, And all the symptoms kind of lined up with what was, you know, or no, I guess at that point we we were aware of the idea of COVID. But um, anyway, so I may have had it really early on yeah. as well. Okay, we'll never. Well, I hope you make a a a a, a, a speedy uh, recovery. Um, it, it definitely feels to me. I, I mean, I don't know what it's like. Whereabouts are you right now? Obviously, we're in the UK. Whereabouts are you in America? I live in New York, uh, New York State, like uh, about an hour and a half north of the city. Yeah. What's the yeah. kind of um, situation with with uh, sort of post pandemic now? Is everything kind of back to normal out there, and it's just a case of starting to sort of live with it? Yes, uh, definitely, that is what everybody is doing. <laughs> Although you know, everybody also seems to be getting COVID. Yeah. So uh, I just feel like you know, they all the. I mean, I was admittedly being lax with wearing masks and stuff. You sure. know, I was enjoying enjoying uh some idea of normalcy so uh yeah it caught up with me i don't know i mean you're also hearing about tons of people going on tour and every single band it seems like is having to either pause their tour or cancel it all we were i was supposed to play real estate was supposed to play a show in mexico this weekend uh which sadly i mean yesterday i was like this cannot be happening it's like we i hadn't have one 
we had nothing going on for the past like few months. This is the first. <laughs> well, you could have had COVID. That would have been a great time to have had COVID. <laughs> any other time, it's like any, you know, like, of course, this is when I get it. Um, so, yeah, we just, yesterday I was like, all right, well, what if by some miracle, like, I test negative on Thursday, you know, and I was like, because we're, we're, we're flying out on Friday. Right. You know, so I was, but today we were just like, no, like, this is, it's A, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And like, that what if I what if I test negative and then and then I test positive in Mexico because you have to be you have to have a negative test to come back to the states right but then you know if, if there's some weird anomaly a I'm flying on an airplane with COVID you know which I don't want to do obviously yeah. uh, and give it to a bunch of other people and then B I could I could just get stuck in Mexico and yeah. you know for who knows how long and uh, which doesn't sound terrible except. <laughs> I've got kids and stuff. It, it wouldn't be very nice my my wife uh, for me to just ditch the family and hang out in Mexico for a week. Okay. Uh, well, look, let's let's um let's park up uh, talking about uh, yeah, pandemics and, uh, and and illness, and let, let's try and um, have a bit of escapism into uh, the consistently wonderful world of music. Um, and so I'd like to start your playlist, uh, please, Martin, and ask you um, for track one, what is the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro? Okay. Well, it's funny because well, I, 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 I forgot that this was a, a playlist and not just me answering questions. Which So I answered them very honestly with like the first thing that popped into my head with all of these, um, which is the easiest way to do it, obviously. But uh, I don't know how well this is going <laughs> to this is going to be a weird playlist in terms of uh, how things flow. But so my, my first, uh, maybe this, this seems like an obvious answer, but the first thing that came to my head for the song with the greatest intro was sweet Jane. Um, just cause that intro is so beautiful and uh, seemingly untethered to like the rest of the song. Yeah. But so it's great. What a great uh, intro. And like, how do they do it? <laughs> like, how did they make those sounds? Yeah. It's so beautiful. So yeah, that's the first thing. And then for like a less obvious answer, I I, I went with uh, Weezer "Only in Dreams," which is like that the blue rec- the blue album was like, you know, one of my favorite albums when I was in like third grade yeah. uh, when it came out, and and it stayed with me for years. And I mean, it's still it holds up. Yeah. It's such a good album. And and yeah, that the kind of the baseline intro, uh, kind of stuck with me I, I was a bass player when i was a kid i always played the bass in a lot of different bands and stuff so like a it's it's a great bass line but also it's it's kind of like a template for a certain type of like alt rock last track on the album like sort of more emo than the rest of the album usually and yeah. like but, you know usually like could always a contender for like the best track you know and so yeah that's that's my other answer i guess <laughs> In regards to intros, um, I'm always fascinated, uh, to, and, and bear with me with the question, because I've asked it probably 400 times now on this podcast, and I never managed to frame it exactly how I want it to come across, but um, just in the way that um, seeing the changes in technology and the way in which a majority of people now listen to their music, um, finding it on streaming platforms and such. Um, and there seems to be pressure, probably more so in more commercial pop music, uh, to to grab them quick 
to get on these playlists, you know, and, you know, trim all the fat off the songs. And, and I just wonder the, the creative process that you go through when you make a record uh, and essentially the intro, does any of that filter through into your, your process? You mean for the beginning of like the intro in terms of the first track on an album or just first track in general, like the opening of any track? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really depends on the song because sometimes I, I am just intentionally writing like a song that I do want to be if, like it's fun to write pop songs and it's fun to write uh, to, to kind of exercise that muscle in me as, yeah. as like a so so sometimes i i intentionally like you said i i don't want to have an intro and i or or a, a long intro at least and something you know and i've been on a kick where like i'm tr- i'm in, almost consciously doing less not not to trim the fat but just to be like you know sometimes i get i get in my head about like not wanting a song to be too short or too long and I, and, and that because then, then i'll end up with I'll write a song and I'll be like, this song's great. And then I look and it's like two and a half minutes long, but like, there's not really anything wrong with that. Um, but no, I, it, it really does depend on the song. Some songs are just, uh, just, just want to have that kind of epic quality to them. So then sometimes you'll have the long intro. Uh, we, I don't know. I mean, I, our la- the last real estate record, the first track is not even that long. It's maybe five, five or six minutes long, but it's got this long intro and I feel like at least one person from the label or management or maybe multiple people were like, you know, especially with Spotify, which I hate, I hate the idea of like catering or like, you know, making creative decisions based on like, you know, playlisting or grabbing people yeah. who, you know, who are, who are otherwise going to have a short attention span and just move on to something else because there's this long intro, but like, I don't know, that's, that's really not how our band operates uh you know it it really just depends on what we want to do sometimes we want to make short songs sometimes we want to make long ones i don't know if i answered your question no absolutely absolutely (laughs) that's perfectly um i'm going to take you back for track two uh martin i'm going to ask you please to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you please yeah um i was thinking blind melon no rain that song no rain um Cause I remember being a little kid uh, in maybe first or second grade. Uh, so six or seven years old hearing that song. And uh, it was like, it's the first song that I learned all the lyrics to, you know, and I, I really loved it. And I think it it's probably has to do with like kind of the emotional quality of that guy's voice. Yeah. His name I'm blanking on. He's got such a great voice and like kind of that like warble, you know, I don't know. It just, the way he sings, I probably was just unlike anything I had heard up until that point. Yeah. And, uh, it really struck a chord with me. Um, and I can't say I really understood or t- t- to this day have any idea maybe what, what the song is about. Uh, not that I've ever really sat down and tried to analyze the lyrics, but, uh, it's more about the kind of the sound of the music. And I yeah. think when you're that little, it's, that's kind of more of what, what tends to resonate is, is just, yeah, the, the voice and maybe the chord progressions and yeah. the, you know, the, the kind of surface level stuff with the music. So that's, yeah. 
And the video, the video is huge. You know, the little yeah. the little girl dressed as a bumblebee, just sort of dancing around. I remember, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, a lot older than you, and and that that was just on rotation in the UK on MTV constantly. And yeah, if I'm right, I think there was a tension around Blind Melon because I believe I can't remember what the singer's name was. He 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 died, didn't he? Um, yes. But um, was he Axel Rosie's nephew or something or? He's he's, I don't know. he's in the video to uh, I, I don't know much about the Guns and Roses, but I think there's a track called "Don't Cry," and the he's in the video. The guy from Blind Melon, a very young lad, singing, and so I think that's how maybe they got their their break through uh, being related to I guess arguably the, the biggest band in the world at that point. Uh, I didn't know that at all. That's that's great. Uh, <laughs> if true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, and I did see, oh, it's driving me mad what the guy's name from Blind Melon was, um, but I did see that they've, they've just released a film. Um, it would appear that ev- like somebody kept footage of Blind Melon from day one, filmed everything, like right the way up to the end, and they've just put this huge sort of documentary film together. And, and aside from No Rain, certainly in the UK, like they weren't a huge band in the UK. That, that, that track was yeah. massive. But, um, yeah, they're kind of a one-hit wonder. Yeah. I, I love that though. I mean, to be honest, like the the idea of somebody filming a band from day one, like it <laughs> it takes a lot of like we we've had with real estate. We when we made our third album, our you know we had a friend hanging out with us in the studio for a few days with a camera, and it it, it feels very self important and yeah. like silly kind of to be doing that because it is. But then I don't know, like as a fan of another you know of a band that you know it's like it, you cherish having that yeah. i mean obviously the beatles thing the get back oh, but man. It, you know c- can you imagine like the grandiosity to be to to film you know out, days worth of you know footage of yourselves just like jamming and messing yeah. around but like but at the same time it's such there's so many gems in there and it's so worth having yeah like even with real estate with you know just that we made like a little five minute thing on youtube about you know the few days that that guy was there when we were making that record. But to be honest, like it's, I, I remember thinking like, Oh, this is so cool that we did this. And I think people really appreciated it. You know, people that like that record, you yeah. know, it's like, it's nice to be able to see, you know, footage from the studio. And stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. You- How would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Just one more question on, on, on the song choice. Um, if you had to pin point what the actual emotion was that you got from it what do you think it would have been see i don't it's it's whatever emotion i get when i hear music that because it still happens i mean like i get like i'm sure everybody does but like if if i hear something it that just just on a on the you know surface aesthetic level just hits a, a note with me, you know, I'll get chills, you know, like if I hear something that, that really does it for me. Um, and so I don't know, I don't think I can put it into words. It's, yeah. it's kind of feeling that I'm constantly trying to capture when I'm making my own music, you know, it's yeah. like that, that just whatever that feeling is when you hear something that, um, you love that you resonate with. Yeah. Um, but it obviously wasn't nostalgia cause I, <laughs> cause yeah. I was young to be feeling that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Just, just that that it's almost an in in indescribable uh, thing. You know yeah. that feeling that it gives you. Let's stay in the formative years for for, for track three, and uh, I'm going to ask you, please, Mike, to tell me the song that reminds you of your time at school. Uh, so this was tough because there's so many different eras, and like, you know, you I could you said, can throw some honourable mentions in there. Yeah, yeah I mean. You know, even the Blind Melon song would be one, you know, that those early days. And then there's the Weezer also, but, you know, from, you know, grade school. I I, I wouldn't, I was in, like, I went through a big Dave Matthews band kick. <laughs> Ants Marching would have been in there. But, like, I would say, you know, my, my most probably musically formative era, I think for a lot of people is when they're in their kind of early teens, uh, you know, grade nine, grade 10, something like that. That's kind of when I like developed my love of more, I guess, alternative stuff or, Oh no, I stopped recording. That's cool. Um, That's cool. All right. I'm just going to hit record again. And okay. Sorry. We may have lost a little bit. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's, yeah. High school. Great. You know, grades nine, 10. That's kind of when I, uh, yeah, started kind of a, discovering more whatever less less uh popular more alternative kind yeah. of music and uh developed a kind of a friend group that i maintain to this day uh you know some of whom you know alex bleaker and julian lynch are in the band right now those, those are friends that i had back in those days so anyway um and i could pick a lot of tracks from then too there's you know built to spill and pavement and stuff like that those are like kind of my early 
indie rock bands. Um, can, but, can we just talk about that before we get on your song choice? Just because sure. um, they're bands that were making waves when I'd just left school and, uh, you know, Slanted had just come out and there was so many of the, you know, what we were sort of saying, you know, American sort of lo-fi bands that were coming over, uh, like Built to Spill and things like that. And it was like, and I just wonder, it, it would appear that at that, you know, when when you was at that age, you was definitely looking further back rather than what was happening right then because them records surely would have come out 10 years previous to to that. That's true. Um that's true, and I don't know why. I, well, okay, because Pix, the Pixies would have been in there as well, and they, they probably hadn't put a record out yeah, for a few years. Yeah, of course. I discovered them. Um, Built to Spill were still doing stuff. Mm. So, but but even them, I, I mean, the first Built to Spill records I got into were the probably the ones from the mid nineties. Yeah. Uh, so, and we're talking early two thousands, probably when I was getting into this stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could. <laughs> Pixies, I could say definitely <laughs> the Fight Club soundtrack. <laughs> I would say like friends of mine like heard that song, yeah. myself included, and we were like, "Whoa, what is this? That, yeah. This song is amazing." Um, Pavement are just one of those bands that you 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 just discover, and 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 they hadn't made. They, I guess they had put out their last record a few years before I discovered them. Yeah, I. I don't know. I think it was, I think maybe we were just starting with the the earlier things and yeah. then making our way forward. I feel like the nineties was such, such a, like a formative time for that type of indie rock. Absolutely. Like that, yeah, the kind of more lo-fi thing. Um, so yeah, it is interesting. I mean, built to spill, luckily, like they were still putting records out and I, I saw them so many times when I was in high school and, you know, they were definitely one of my favorite bands. Um, and they kind of put me on to stuff like Neil Young, you know, cause the, he, they would cover Cortez, the killer. And, and I could, you know, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I can hear how they were influenced by this guy. And then I got really into Neil Young through them. Um, and Sonic youth as well. Big Neil Young heads. Uh, but anyway, the song I was going to pick, um, was from a more kind of current band from those days when I was like, uh, Basically, the band is called The Microphones, and uh, he put out a record, The Glow Part 2, when I was right at that time, you know, when I was, you know, probably 14 or something, or 15, maybe, maybe 15. I remember hearing it right after it came out, and uh, my friends and I, like, I have a very specific memory of being uh, in uh, Alex Bleeker, my bass player in real estate's bedroom, and us um whatever after school we may have done some stuff that our parents wouldn't have liked like <laughs> some weed or something and, and put that album on and really just just really fully had our minds blown by that that first track i want wind to blow uh and i mean the whole album but then also being aware that he home record or you know home record or recorded the album himself you know, in like a makeshift studio in, in Olympia, Washington, like that really made a huge impression on me that, that I DIY thing that was kind of almost probably my first, uh, whatever time becoming aware that you could do that, that you yeah. could make your own albums and you didn't need a label and you didn't need like, you know, a ton of money beyond whatever it 
cost to buy the gear, which he was probably using some really nice gear by the sounds of that. You know, I was like, this album sounds incredible. And it sounds like nothing I've ever heard, you know, I mean, and he's obviously a genius to this day. Uh, like, so, I mean, you know, there's that, but yeah, it, it was inspiring. I would say, and yeah. my friends and I, after that kind of, that was when we decided like, cause we were in bands together, we were writing songs and stuff, yeah. but that was when kind of the the shift happened in our head that like, Oh, we could actually do this ourselves and it doesn't need to sound like it was recorded in a super fancy studio. Like we can embrace the limitations of like, you know, what we have, you know, and just, just make stuff that sounds weird. Uh, and yeah, so it was, it was big time inspiring. And being in bands at, at, at school and obviously being, you know, a, a creative young young man at that point was that was that encouraged at school um you know we we were lucky to go to a school where it it was uh yeah at a certain point we there were there were some kids like a few grades above us that that were in a band and um i think they graduated right before we got to the high school but i remember kind of becoming aware of them and being like, Oh, cool. Like you can be in a band. And so then we decided that day to start a band when we (laughs) heard about their band. And, um, that just snowballed into like everybody that was in that initial band started their own band and everybody, you know, and and everybody wanted to start writing songs. And I played the bass guitar. I didn't actually start writing songs until way later, but I played bass. Nobody else played bass. So I played in all the bands. Um, I think I was in like 12 or 13 bands in high school. But um, yeah, we were lucky because there was this one guidance counselor named uh, Basil Pizzuto, uh, and he uh, was just super supportive. And he himself was a musician, and he like actually went out and used the school budget to buy us a PA system. And yeah. you know, once a month he'd put on these uh, open mics. You know, he called them where we would just it basically gave us a reason to keep practicing because we always had a show to look forward to, you know, in the school cafeteria. Uh, and then we would, you know, we would start putting on shows in our own backyards and stuff. And there, you know, there was kind of this little scene that sprung up. Um, yeah. Uh, some, I mean, like, I don't know if you've heard of the band Titus Andronicus, I'm sure yeah. where of them, you know, those were kids that I went to high school with and yeah. I played in band with them and, you know, they were kind of part of that scene, uh, or Patrick was, um, and yeah, so we, yeah, we actually did a ton of, ton of playing music in our high school and it was condoned yeah. by, and, you know, and also obviously having supportive parents who, you know, bought us instruments and being in, uh, you know, the lucky position of having folks that had money to buy us guitars, sure. you know, like the, it all kind of played into it, but yeah, um, we, yeah, we were definitely did a ton of music making in high school for sure. Just got one more in the the sort of formative years. Uh, can you tell me, please, for track four, the first song you remember buying from a record store? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was the Soundgarden album, Super Unknown. So I don't know what year that came out, but I was in, you know, I was a kid. I was in grade school. 93, uh, maybe? 90, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I was like eight years old. Um, yeah, I was really into... All that was what they were playing on like pop radio back then was you know that kind of grunge alt rock stuff so i was really into 
Smashing Pumpkins. And I also had an older sister. Um, she's eight years older than me. So like she, she kind of, she was probably in high school at the time. She turned me onto some stuff as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I was super into Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Nirvana, Soundgarden, you know, different types of, you know, I, I was really into Pearl Jam too. They get a bad rep these days, but I think they're great. <laughs> they had a, really, a lot of great songs. When you mentioned um, about filming, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen, it, it come out about 10 years, maybe more, uh, the Pearl Jam 20 documentary that Cameron Crowe made. Uh, uh-uh. It's incredible. Like Again, there's people filming all of like Mother Love Bone and all of the, the bands that they, they come from. And, and obviously there's, there's lots of, there's footage of them meeting to, to create Temple of Dog. And it's the first time they're filming like Eddie Foot, like singing for the first time and their minds are blown. And it's such cool. an incredible documentary. And, and I think what comes across more than anything, I'm actually going to see Pearl Jam. I'm going to see Pearl Jam in about three weeks. Actually, they're, they're playing a big outdoor show in the UK. Um, this, this, They've done it their way, and like, and to take on Ticketmaster and things like that, you know, and to stop making videos when the emphasis of your band is on videos. I just think they're they made some pretty brave moves, and and when you watch the documentary, you realise they were really young lads as well. Like they weren't, you know, they've obviously matured as a band now, but like, yeah, I think they've done some some real maverick moves, and I do think sometimes they get a a bit of a bad rap, and I don't know why. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I maybe it's like his voice kind of spawned a thousand sound alikes that yeah. were not as good. Yeah. You know, like, then like Creed comes to yeah, mind. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. So it's easy to be like, I don't know if he was the first one, but to, to kind of, yeah, I don't know, to, to just write them off, maybe solely based on his kind of like. Yeah manly croon or whatever you but like they had great songs you know and and uh and yeah i no i agree we i i we got to actually the first show we played post well whatever the the first show we played after covid kind of shut mm-hmm. things down for a long time was a festival that pearl jam or eddie vetter organized out in california so i finally got to see them there and the, yeah it was really great great band um another band but, that are heavily influenced by by neil young <laughs> hundred percent. Yeah, mm. totally. Um, yeah, though. But so if you're asking for a specific song, I was going to say Black Hole Sun, because that, again, was a song that really kind of blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. I, remember, I literally remember sitting in the back seat of my mom's minivan, hearing that song come on the radio and being, you know, just and the video, too, was so weird mm. and kind of creepy. But uh, but yeah, I, I can almost... I, you know, probably remember the first time I heard that song and it's, yeah, it's such a cool, weird, like Beatlesy almost, Yeah. you know, chord progression. Um, and, uh, yeah, just kind of, un, you know, a little more complex maybe than a lot of stuff that was, you, you would hear at that time, yeah. perhaps, I don't know, but cool song. It's Definitely. so interesting. The amount of people that have been on this podcast and, and when they sort of reference like, moments of, of hearing music and it and it really resonating i would say nine out of ten times i hear that answer it's talking about being in the back of their parents car yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy so many yeah i it, it is it's funny because i i have so many memories of that of just to, like be, <laughs> even the perspective of being really small and the, the car seems really big and 
and yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I do think they, they played better music back then. And now I think about that with my kids. Cause we don't really listen to the radio. We just yeah. listen to, I mean, I, I do let them, my oldest kid is she's eight. So like, I don't, I'm not trying to force them into anything. Like I'll play my own music, you know, I'll play music that I want sometimes, you know, but oftentimes I'm like, what do you guys want to listen to? And it's, you know, a lot of the times it's stuff that I would not want to, you know, like whatever yeah. Disney stuff for things that I'm just not interested in, but I'm not going to yeah, and push them in any, any one direction, but, but certain things do click and, you know, they love, they do love the Beatles. They love Paul McCartney. They, you know, and there's, there's a lot of other examples of things that, uh, that, yeah, that I, that we can all agree on, you yeah. know? So, but yeah, it's true that they're not getting that, um, whatever the, the outside world isn't really yeah. influencing them as much as it did yeah. me. I mean, my parents weren't big pop music people when I was young. My dad loves classical music. Um, and my mom, I, you know, I, I found out later that she actually did. She, I mean, she, you know, she went and saw Bowie and was really into cool music when she was younger. But by the time she had me, you know, she was just listening to the radio too, yeah. but you know, so yeah, it was, that's kind of where I, between the radio and my older sister, that was kind of where I got my musical, whatever information. So you, there's an, a, go on, sorry. sorry. Before we move on, I'm going to let my dog in. Cause he's, of course, do it. Second. All right. Sorry about that. So I've been, uh, when I got sent your tracks, uh, there was a, a little note attached to this when I asked the guests about the song that soundtrack their years club in. Um, I should put a little note on the end of that question because so many people have sent over something similar to what you said, which is most musicians are like, well, we didn't really go clubbing. Like, we, we was making music and things like that. So it, it, it that question can lend itself to, a local bar that you may have hung out in that had a good jukebox or, you know, where you go and like hang out and watch bands, anything in that, them kind of sort of college years that, that, that kind of would involve socializing and there being music, some sort of stronger memory from then, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I inferred. Um, And yeah, I mean, I would say my, my clubbing years would have been my like, yeah, early twenties when, which was, coincided with when we were starting real estate and so you know spending a lot of time in the city going to a lot of gigs playing a lot of gigs too um so yeah that kind of late 2000s early 2010s kind of era for me would be you know 2008 maybe like 2009 uh 10 11 like around then so uh Anyway, the song I picked was a, a song by the band Girls, Lust for Life, because I remember that was another one where, like, you know, one day they didn't exist, and then the next day they were, like, you know, all anybody was talking about, um, at least in my little world of indie rock. And um, and they were so great and just kind of ex- just emerged, fully formed, with, like, this big personality and, you know, great story and everything. Um and the song was, 
well, I guess that was probably their first single, um, but it's yeah, just such a cool song and fun and weird. And, you know, his delivery is so unique to him. Um, so yeah, I picked it for that reason because it was, you know, you know, kind of a big song for us, but also like, I remember like we were super excited about the band and we got really, you know, we were like, uh, whatever, just big fans in real estate. And then we reached out to them. I actually don't even remember exactly how it happened, but we ended up opening for their first tour, uh, like a few months later. So we were like, Oh my God, you know, like just that alone was like just huge, you know, yeah. such a, we were like, Holy crap, this is really happening. Like we're opening for the the cool band and like, we're going on tour and it was our first tour, like, you know, out West, like first big U S tour that we did that we didn't actually just book ourselves, yeah. you know, <laughs> that was actually booked by a real booking agent and we were playing real clubs and not house shows. Um, so yeah, so that's why kind of, it was just a big, big deal for us yeah. as kind of musicians. Wonderful. Definitely. Wonderful. I'm going to take you home for track six. Uh, and if you can tell me a favorite song from an artist from your home County, please. Yeah. Uh, so County, I mean, I inferred as someone from the U S I, I took that to mean, home state yeah however yeah, yeah that's cool you know we have counties within our states so that you know that so so you know probably my favorite band of all time happens to be from new jersey this band yola tango and so i was initially thinking it'd be really easy to pick a yola tango song uh although it's hard to pick one of theirs as a favorite um although they they have a song called our way to fall that was like uh you know, my wife and I had it as our wedding song, you know, right. it's like, you know, whatever. So, so I love that song so much. And it's such a beautiful song. Um, but then when you say, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, well, cause there's another band that definitely deserves, I mean, there's plenty of, there's a, there's a lot of really great bands from New Jersey. Um, you know, Springsteen of course <laughs> deserves a shout out, but, but uh, there's this band, the Feelies who were actually, I guess, a big influence on Yola Tango but also they actually happen to be from my home County in New Jersey, Bergen County. And they're also one of my favorite bands. So um, my official choice is uh, the song. It's only life by the feelies. Um, but you can play both if you want. <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure to play Yada Tango. Um, I had never heard anything by the feelies before. And when I got sent your list over, I went in and, and, and played some tracks. It's really fucking great, man. Oh, they're 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 the best. I mean, their first record is more like angular. Uh, the, the first record is called Crazy Rhythms, and it's like yeah, post punk, early eighties, like not quite Devo angular, like, but it's 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 almost an outlier. And then they've got you know, because then their their next two two or three records after that, um are like yeah just really pastoral like acoustic guitar strumming really great uh electric leads over it um just great songs and yeah just yeah really worth checking out uh for sure the feelies if if you haven't heard them they're a really great band and a big influence on a lot of bands yeah kind of from that era definitely well you get to, to 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 influence again uh for the last track uh, and it's a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Yeah. Um, so 
I don't know. I, it, yeah, I had hard. Not, I didn't really have a hard time because I, 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 like I said, I, I kind of went with the first thing that came to mind for all these. Um, but yeah, you never know if the thing that you think is like cool and obscure, like actually everybody just knows about it, and <laughs> I just didn't know about it. But um, I went with another band who actually are also from New Jersey. They're called the Roches. It's three sisters. They have a song. If, if you've heard one song by them, it's probably the song Hammond song, which is like just, I mean, one of the most beautiful songs of all time. Like you, I, I literally talk about getting chills. Like every single time I hear that song, it's like, it just, it's like the first time I heard it. Um, I had, love it. I had someone on the podcast yesterday and they chose Hammond song for this, for this question. Wow. And cool. uh, I know you're not going to go with Hammond song, but, uh, and, and, and the thing is in the UK, it's not that well known, but we was discussing this yesterday that like, and I don't mean it in a kind of snobby indie way that if you know, you know, but it feels like it's like a little sort of secret that like, hey, have you heard this Hammond song by the Roaches? Yeah. And it's like, and every time you play it to someone, people are like, fuck, this is incredible. And then goes and tells five people like there's something magic about that record. Well, that's, that's why, I mean, that's why it's such that your question is so good. Cause that, that's, I mean, that there are a number of songs like that, that I've, you know, I've had that experience, uh, you know, so, so yeah, it's, it, anyway, that is definitely one of them. The song I was going to pick though is from a later and two albums. So the first, the first record is self-titled. It's produced by Robert Fripp, but it's, it, it's not, it's just a pretty, pretty much like an acoustic kind of folk record, but there are these little, I mean, it's so dry is the first thing about it that, that feels kind of the, the vocals are so dry and the harmonies are so tight that it doesn't feel possible. Like yeah. it, it almost feels otherworldly. And I don't know if, I mean, that's a combination I would say of the production and also just their, their talent sure. group. Um, so then they made another record after that, which I'm actually not very familiar with. And then they made, this record, uh, which is called Keep On Doing, which was also produced by Fripp. And uh, similarly, like, really good album, kind of through and through, but there's one track that really stands out, which is called Losing True, which is my pick for this song. Um, and I, hadn't, I, to be honest, I hadn't really heard this album uh, until recently. Um, and I, like, just put it on randomly. I was flying to Texas to play a show, and I was like, oh, my God, this song is incredible. Then I got to the gig and the DJ there is like playing records and he put that song on. I was like, wow, this is weird. Like, I've never heard this song before today. And you're putting this song on. And it's, you know, that kind of hammered it home. You know, like it was like only the second time I'd heard the song. And then on the way home, I listened to it probably 15 times yeah. just over and over. Like, it's such a beautiful song. Um, so, yeah, that's another one. Uh you know, for, yeah. Wonderful. I would also say, if you if you haven't heard the song "Seabird" by the Alessi Brothers, you should check that one out as well. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that's another. I mean, there, there. I could, if I sat down and thought about it, I could probably list a few. But that's another one that yeah. maybe more obscure, perhaps that uh, is worth checking out. It's kind of a weird home recorded. I think they're from like Long Island or something. Yeah, they're these two brothers think they're brothers i actually don't know anything about them i might be getting them confused with the lemon twigs who are two brothers from long island <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but no this is like these two they're two dudes from the 70s and it's it's 
definitely sounds home recorded. Definitely sounds kind of outsidery, like trying to make pop music. You know. Anyway, Emmett Rhodes, another one. Listen to Emmett Rhodes, <laughs> home. You know, home recorded outsidery guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I could go on. I, w- I will go and explore these uh, and 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 add them to the playlist because we put together a, a, a playlist to accompany the podcast, so people can go and explore and listen to to all of the records cool. that we've we've chatted about today. Um. Once you're 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 fit and healthy and uh, and you've kicked the COVID, um, tell me what um, what you're looking forward to um, personally from uh, the rest of 2022, which feels it's going to be far more connected and and, and back to a, a a sense of normality that we've we've known from a few years previous. And and tell me what's coming up professionally. Yeah. Um, well, I have a solo record coming out next month. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that and playing some shows this summer and hopefully staying healthy enough to play all the shows that I've got lined. I mean, I only, it's, it's pretty um, modest what I'm trying to achieve with this record. You know, I, I just, I made it during lockdown uh, just to have something to do. Yeah. And it was really fun to make. And that's, you know, if that's all that it amounts to, like, I'll be happy. But uh, yeah, it's coming out next month, and I hope hope people like it. And yeah, I'm play play a few shows. Nothing, yeah, like a couple shows on the West Coast. Yeah, a few shows on the East Coast. And then I've just been writing a ton this year, and hoping to get back into the studio with real estate uh, in the next few months. We're like trying to figure out the logistics of that, finding a producer and stuff right now. So it's definitely happening. Yeah, uh, which is exciting. Wonderful. Yeah. Well. Martin, if people want to keep up to speed uh, with, with what you're up to, where's the best place to, to follow you and, and find out what's happening? I mean, probably Instagram or Twitter. You can find me easily on either of those. And th- those are probably the most, the, the things that I keep most up to date. Okay. Uh, well, if it's yeah. cool with you, when we put this episode out, we'll tag you in it so people can find it nice and easy. Right, yeah. Um, Martin, it's been a real pleasure talking records with you today. Thank you so much for your time and, 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 and get well soon. And, uh, so much. and yeah, and enjoy getting out there and playing the new record. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Martin. There you go. Ah, oh, wonderful. What an absolute gentleman giving up his time full of COVID feeling, feeling poorly and, uh, and still come on. And, and I'm so glad he did because it was so nice to, 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 to have a little deep dive into some lo-fi because um, we've not really gone there too much on this podcast. I, I, I know, obviously, uh, we, we I did actually mention that we discussed the Roshis the day before, but but talking about pavement and, and, and built to spill and the feelies and such, it was like really, really nice to kind of um, chat about them bands because they don't seem, or for some reason I've no idea why, but they don't seem to come up very often, so... Um, it was nice to to have a chat about it. As mentioned at the beginning, go check out the back catalogue now. 400 episodes with all of your, your favourite musicians, actors, comedians, producers. Um, go get stuck in. And uh, and yeah, and anything else you need to know, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll be back next time. In the meantime, be nice to each other. Much love. Bye-bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.